Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach who has a passion for helping women who need a second wind. Joyce is the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, a program that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. As a certified coach, she studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, author of the Chicken Soup book series, where she served as an assistant to his training program. Through her studies with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted hundreds of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guest will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here's our host, Joyce Buford. Good morning. All right. If you are one of those people out there going through transition, or maybe your life is running smoothly now, which is where we'd like for adults to be always, but changes come. And when they do, I hope you'll tune in to Second Wind with Joyce. You know, I... I created this idea of having this show for people that go through transitions. That's when we need to reach out, when we need support, when we need a helping hand, and we need ideas of how we can move forward in our lives. I want to share um, an experience that I had last week with you. I joined a small group of people from the University of Tyler of Texas in Tyler, Texas, where I live. And we went to New York to tour the Steinway and Sons Piano Factory, which is in Queens, New York. Now, this university is becoming on its way to becoming an all Steinway school, which means that it will have 90% of all the pianos that it uses for instruction and for practice will be Steinways. Now, you know, as far as I knew, Steinways were really nice pianos, expensive pianos, but I really didn't um, value the piano. I didn't understand the importance of that piano. So I wanted to share with you some of what I learned on that trip. The piano itself supplies, they build in Queens, New York. They have two factories, one in Germany, one in the United States. And they build 2,500 pianos a year. Now, that's not many pianos, friends. But the reason they only build 2,500 is because they're handmade handmade pianos. The found it was founded in March 5th, 1853 by Henrik Engelhard Steinweg, which he soon became Henry E. Steinway. The Steinway has been described as a prominent piano company known for making pianos of high quality and for inventions within the areas of piano development. Steinway has been granted over 126 patents in piano making. The first began in 1857. So this company shares the high-end piano market consisting exceeds 80% of all pianos made. And the reason it's had such success is because it is handmade. 
as I just said. Hardly anything is handmade anymore. It's even rare to find handmade clothes, much less an eighty to a hundred thousand dollar piano for that's handmade. They market two lesser expensive pianos sold under the name of Boston and Essex, which are produced in China and are manufactured quickly, quicker, and are less expensive. Now, I share this with you because I so believe in the importance of spending time in areas that you love, particularly when you're going through transitions. I love music. So, therefore, the trip to the Steinway factory was time well spent for me. What is that time for you? I walked away from the experience with more knowledge about a subject I love and a new appreciation for the Steinway piano. And as of February 2015, around 1,600 pianists worldwide are official Steinway artists, which means they have chosen to perform only on the Steinway because of its high quality. And, of course, they own one. And they get this publicity added to their their name, but they get no reimbursement from the company. It's stim- simply a statement of quality and appreciation for the highest, purest form of music. Now, you can tell I'm pretty enthusiastic about this just simply by my voice because it's just such a passion So I encourage you to connect with those things that give you joy and completion in your lives. If it's for me and music, it's staying connected to singing, which is my instrument, or playing the piano, if that's your instrument, with the church, with the group, listening to music in your home, whatever feeds your soul during your time of smooth sailing or during your time of transition. It will provide you with a rock, a steady support, so that you feel comfort and secure when you go through transitions. Well, that's my subject on music and Steinway Company. But I wanted to share this with you appropriately because my guest today is a woman that loves her, um, has a passion and wants to share that with her, with you. And that passion has become her driving force. And I don't want to take away her thunder. So I want my guest to give that to you. Her name is Pat Fiorilla. Did I mess that up, Pat? Fiorello. I know. I did really well when I was talking about it. But anyway, tell us, welcome this morning, because I know they're going to all appreciate your story, how you've traveled through, and where you are today, where you started out, where you are today. So, welcome. Well, thank you so much, Joyce. I'm really delighted to be here. And um, uh, hope to share, you know, some of my experiences and um, inspire uh, your listeners 
to, you know, take a, a new look at their lives and, and where can they bring more passion and joy into their everyday life. So right. um, thank you for inviting me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, tell me, I know you. we've shared before because we've walked a little, a little of this journey together, but share with my listeners about your corporate world. I'm thinking that's where you'd start with your story and maybe mm-hmm. not. Is that right? Um, well, well, actually, my story probably starts a little bit earlier because, you know, today I'm a, a full-time professional artist, but um, it wasn't always that way. Um, you know, when I, back way back in elementary school, I uh, was in the third grade and I had a, an art teacher um, who uh, every week would be screaming about cleaning up the paints, and I always felt that I was being yelled at, and and so I really didn't like all that conflict. So every Monday I would tell my mother that I had a stomach ache and I couldn't go to school. So after a couple of Mondays, she went to my homeroom teacher to say, well, what's going on? Why doesn't she want to go to school on Mondays? And it was because of art class. I really did not want to go to art class, and it really wasn't because of the art. It was just the uh, kind of the chaos in the room yeah. that that was a little overwhelming for me. So um, anyway, that was kind of, I say, the beginning and the end of my art career in the third grade. And, uh, you know, from there, I really didn't do art. And I traveled a totally different path, went on to college, went on to business school. I got my MBA from Harvard. And I was very interested in psychology and business. And that kind of led me to the field of marketing. Mm-hmm. And um, so after I got out of graduate school, I um, Worked for Nabisco for 14 years, and then I worked for the Coca-Cola company for another five years, and um, you know had positions as vice president of marketing in, in both of those companies. So I had a pretty you know high intensity, high stress job. Yeah. Um, I loved it, but it was um, you know it was uh, you know a 24/7 um, you know consuming activity. Right. And at one point, um, I guess when I was about 35, I was really at a point of transition, as many of your listeners are, mm-hmm. where um, I was in a really tough turnaround situation in my business where you know the business was going down 20% a month and we were brought in to turn it around. And I was dating a guy who I thought was Mr. Right after have dating many other men before that. And I thought, oh, you know, he's the one. And then one day I went over there and he said, oh, I can't do this anymore. And I was just blindsided by this. And uh, so I went into work the next day and my boss said, you know, he noted that something was wrong. He's like, what's wrong with you? You you don't seem yourself. And I tried to hide it and say, well, oh, nothing, you know, trying to be professional. No, nothing's wrong. And then he pushed back his seat and he said to me, do you have the nerve to come in here and tell me nothing's wrong? I know something's wrong. So he kind of put me on the spot and I shared with him, you know, kind of my, you know, frustration with what was going on with the business, my, my, just lacking trust in myself after this situation with my boyfriend. Like, how did I not even see this coming? And, um, you know, so I just shared with him, um, you know, that I was really at a low point. And he actually gave me some amazing advice. Um, and he said to me, you need something besides work and men 
um, because you can't control either of them. And I thought that was pretty good coming from a, you know, a male boss at the time to share that with me. But he went on to share that in his own life, you know, he'd had ups and downs, marriages, divorces, good jobs, bad jobs. But he had something that he went to that he was passionate about that replenished him. And for him, it happened to be horseback riding. And he said no matter if he has a fight with his wife, he has a bad day at the office, he could go horseback riding and find himself again and find that inner peace and just be connected with himself. He said, you need to find something like that. And so I really wasn't sure how to go about doing it, but I was open to looking. And I think that's the first step. You have to be open to looking for, well, what could this be? And I went with my mom on a trip to the Canyon Ranch um, health spa, and they had a one-hour watercolor class. And I decided to take it only because I would do the same things all the time, and I said, I'm going to do something different for a change. And that one-hour class um, really was a defining moment in my life because it opened a whole new world of art to me that I wasn't even present to. Okay, we'll be back shortly. I recently tried rock climbing for the first time while on vacation in Colorado. I was a total Gumby. That's slang for a newcomer to the sport. As a Gumby, I was guilty of excessive hangdogging or holding onto the rope instead of grabbing the rocks. Rappelling, also called abseiling, is descending down the rock using the ropes. As I was climbing up, my husband hollered up to me, Hey, there must be a word for this. Quick's a tickle, or a foolish, capricious person in the pursuit of ideals came quickly to mind. When I finally got to the top, it started raining, and there I was, literally between a rock and a hard place. What's the word for the fear of high places? Batophobia. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Information about book publishing is power. The power to change your authoring life and the power to change the lives of your readers. So join us for Your Guide to Book Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific. You'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now. As the book shepherd, Dr. Judith Bryles is in. And each week, she will include publishing professionals that will reveal tips and secrets to the author's journey. If there is a book in you, you want to listen, learn, and yes, call in with your questions each week. For more on Judith and what she can do for you, check out her website, thebookshepherd.com. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Welcome back. I want to go over with you some of the things that when we go to break, we have some, it's, we have to communicate, and sometimes it's hard to actually hear each other. So I apologize for the interruptions that I was giving you trying to talk to Pat. But anyway, I do want to review just kind of a little bit of that because I kept interjecting. Um, Pat, you were talking about your boss was trying to give you some really healthy, good advice, and his advice was about 
writing or having a, an outside activity that you enjoyed, right? Exactly. I mean, he was kind of telling me in a nice way, get a life. Life is more than work and finding Mr. Right. So, yeah. um, you know, that led me on a path of kind of inquiry of, of what did I want to bring into my life that would be a passion. Yeah, yeah. So, and, then, and that led you to painting. But how, why painting? Because you'd rejected it so much before. Well, um, I had gone to this um, Canyon Ranch Spa, and they had a one-hour class, and I just tried it out because um, I wanted to do something that I hadn't done before. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I did a little painting. It actually, I I still have that painting, and I share it in my classes with my students today to show them, like, where I started. And if you look at Ah. that painting... You might think it was done by a third grader. In fact, I call it my refrigerator art because it looks very childlike. But, you know, guess what? That's where your training leaves off. You don't magically get better if you don't have more training and more practice. So um, anyway, but the thing was it was fun. And with something like painting, it could be music, dance, whatever, you get lost in that activity. You are There's no sense of time when you're doing something creative like that. And that's a really healthy thing to bring into our lives because most of our lives is running around from place to place, appointment to appointment, things we've got to do, get checked off our list. And to be doing something that consumes you, that you're in the present moment, you're, you can't be worrying about all the chatter in your head or the things you have to do. You are taken over by that. Um, and it, it happens with art, and I have friends that are interested in dance and music, and they share the same type of experience. So finding something like that in your life that is a right-brained activity really can help balance you and I mean I call it my mental vacation because it really does relieve a lot of stress and uh, and can, something like that can really help keep people grounded especially when they're going through uh, a challenging time in their life absolutely I had a Miss Murphy in my background Miss Murphy was my fourth grade teacher and she had a bad day and I was singing my solo and it did not go well And I remember that to this day. Now, in my years today, I'm taking voice and using that instrument. But it, it, I, those past experiences can kind of stall us for a while. Mm. But the, but the desire and the passion never goes away. I think Mm -hmm. it's always with us. It just needs dusting off or uncovering to come back out to be a joy that we really enjoy spending time with. So when you decided, okay, you've gone into painting and you're in corporate America, now that's a big transition, Pat. I'm seeing a big transition in there. Oh, yeah. It's a, it was a major, major lifestyle change, and it did not come overnight. But after I had that initial experience with the painting and found that I enjoyed it and I was looking at it like a hobby to, you know, Right. De-stress from work. <laughs> yes. Um, I started just taking classes at night, you know, after work or on the weekends. And then one day I thought, you know, oh, it would be so nice to go to Europe and be an artist. And then, you know, I instantly <laughs> came back to reality and said, well, no paycheck, no medical plan. I, I don't think so. <laughs> but, you know, 
life sometimes when you are looking for something and open, things show up that you hadn't noticed yeah. before. Yeah. And I went downstairs. I was in a high-rise building, uh, and I went downstairs, and there was the mail uh, that was, you know, in the counter, and there was a magazine there that was the artist magazine, which, of course, I never knew of because I really didn't follow art at all at that point. But yeah. I opened it up, and, you know, that very day I opened it up, and it said, go to Provence and paint for two weeks. And I thought, oh, my God, I could live the dream for two weeks and then come back and have my job. And I don't know what propelled me, but I just took the magazine upstairs, made the phone call, and registered myself. And, oh, I um, love it. It was a life-changing experience for me. So with, like, three months of painting experience and my little painting kit, I went to France not knowing what I was doing, but um, I was excited to go. And it really was an, a life-altering experience for me because there I was painting every day. And if you're doing something over and over every day, you're getting feedback and learning and growing, and your learning curve just goes up dramatically. And I was around other artists that were, you know, viewing the world differently than I had been with the people that, you know, I was working with and all, and they're looking at shadows, and they're looking at colors, and they're looking at shapes. And um, I was so inspired by the whole, tri whole trip and so energized. By the end, the last day of the trip, I said, I am going to do this every year. Just go away somewhere for a week or two and immerse myself in painting. And um, that was 21 years ago, and I'm still doing it you know, to this day. So I've gone on many, many workshops with other yes. people over the years. Even when I was working full-time in my corporate job, I would use some of my vacation time to go to Bermuda yeah. or France or Italy or New Mexico, someplace, a new place to see and paint. And okay, now, now in I the past eight years, I've been taking people saying, on workshops myself. I can just hear somebody out there saying, Pat, that... Uh, they're not good enough to take a trip to Italy, Miami, or someplace else yet. They need to be perfect before they do that. How would you answer that? Well, from my own experience, I mean, I only had three months of experience, and believe me, I was far from perfect. <laughs> Even after 20-plus years of painting, you're never perfect. You're always growing. But the yeah. experience of it is a growth experience. It's really enriching for you not only in learning to paint and you're painting on location, seeing beautiful things and seeing nature as it is, um, but you're with other people that are sharing the same passion as you and plus having fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when you go on these these group trips, of course, I know we're going to get into an even more exciting aspect of how you travel now, but do you find painters of all levels in those classes usually? Absolutely. I have um, had people, even in the same workshop, people that have never painted before, and they just came yeah. to start to learn and just for the experience and to have a fun, creative vacation, all the way up to college professors of art that were on sabbatical. And believe me, it's a small group. Usually we have about 10 people. So there's plenty of time for me to work with each person individually wherever mm -hmm. they are at in their own journey. You know, one of the things about art, it's not a competition. It's your own personal journey. So believe, believe me, in a week you can learn a lot, a lot to have the confidence to go off and, and you know, continue to learn at home and enjoy yourself 
um, you know, no matter what your level. And I had a mother-daughter team a couple of years ago. Neither oh. one had ever painted, but they just came for the experience and uh. just really had fun doing a little bit different type of vacation that had yeah. some creativity in it. Well, now you're referring to your trips abroad, or yes. do you always go abroad? I don't know. Uh, usually once or twice a year, I've been taking people to Italy. This will be my 10th trip to Italy this year. And I'm going to a new place in May, uh, Spain. And ah. I've been to France many times. So um, I, tr- I have local workshops in Atlanta where I live and also go to North Carolina, New Jersey, other different places where there are art facilities for classes. But, um, you know, once or twice a year I do have a big trip. Um, and, again, take people of all skill levels who just want to have a great creative vacation and learn and grow. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so exciting. Um those are two those are three very beautiful countries that you go to um so what a what a fabulous trip that has to be for your people mm. yeah and, and when they, you're 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 there to paint you're seeing through the eyes of an artist right what does that mean i know that an you're look, that you're looking at things much more closely and much more sensitively rather than passing by something and taking a snapshot and on to the next thing, you're outside painting some of these places and really noticing the shapes of the trees and the colors of the olive trees and the, you know, the textures on the buildings and all of that. You, it's a much richer experience by seeing that way. Mm, oh. So I know Italy has beautiful s- scenery. Uh, I I have been there, and it is a beautiful country. Do you go to a particular spot, or do you go all over the country? Um, Usually it's a particular area so that we can, you know, make the the traveling, you know, convenient and not spend a lot of time traveling around, but more time enjoying where we're staying. Um, This year we're going to Tuscany, uh, where we stay at a historical residence. It's a 12th century monastery that's been um, refurbished, and um, it's that's our home base. And then from there, we take field trips to local towns to paint, to uh, shop, to get mm-hmm. some gelato, all that fun stuff. <laughs> sounds, sounds like it'll be fun. So when we come back, I want to know about, have we reinventing yourself i want to know more of your story so we've we've gone to the prize which is the wonderful trips that you've taken but how did you make the transition from um from business executive to painting and still be able to live and experience life and i as i remembered there is a man that came into your life yes i've been married for 15 years now oh my goodness so we want to talk about all those facets uh when we come back about how that changed your life so reinventing yourself how does one go about doing that and how does one do it gracefully so that we're able to make the transition smoothly it's not always smoothly there's always a few surprises along the way but as smoothly as we can going from corporate america to a painter uh which you were a painter when you were in corporate america but a full time Mm -hmm. then coming up with her dream of taking trips abroad that's even more exciting. How does one put 
into operation or into practice or into her daily life, that dream that took her to Italy and France. When we come back, we'll be talking more about Pat's transitions. And author Joyce Buford returns after this short break. If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can with Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Mondays at noon central, Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches Lessons in Joyful Living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. It's marching February is National Chocolate Month. Historians say the Aztecs discovered chocolate 3,100 years ago, and it was revered to the point of worship. The word chocolate comes from the Aztec word chocolatl, which referred to the bitter, spicy drink the Aztecs made from the cacao beans. The first chocolate bar was invented in 1847 by Joseph Fry. Did you know that it takes one year for a cacao tree to produce enough pods to make 10 chocolate bars? The scientific name for the tree that chocolate comes from, Theobroma cacao, means food of the gods. Man cannot live by chocolate alone, but we women sure can. Personally, I could give up chocolate, but I'm not a quitter. It's marching day. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. We are talking today with Pat Fiorillo. How did you, Pat? Artist, teacher, and author, and the owner of Fiorillo Art and Design. Now, we have talked about her exciting life now, and I want her to share, Pat, if you will, share how you created this life. How did you make that that change, that transition? Okay, yeah, I'd be happy to share that. So um, I mentioned that I was about 35 when I kind of had that talk with my boss, and he basically said, you know, you got to you got to round out your life and find something that that fuels your passion. And I started, you know, uncovering that with the painting. And um but it was a hobby at that point clearly and I had my full-time job. But as I was approaching I say age 40 and you know, I think that this is not uncommon, people start to question you know, why am I doing what I'm doing? And and mm-hmm. I think when you're younger, 
you're just out to prove you can do something. You know, it's, it's right. in books that I've read about development, you're wanting to prove, you know, competence, like you can, you can get the job done. But when you start to get in your 40s, you start questioning, why am I doing what I'm doing, and is this all there is? You know, you get to a point of success, maybe you have the money or the house or the car or whatever it is that right. you had dreamed of, and then you get there and say, hmm, how come I'm still not really deeply satisfied? Mm-hmm. I'm happy, mm-hmm. these things are great, but uh, is there something more that I'm supposed to be doing? I mean, I came to a you know, God put me here for some reason other than sell soft drinks. <laughs> you know, yeah, there's some right. other reason than to just make money to pay your bills and get by that you're here for. So I really did some deep inward searching and um, came up with a purpose for my life, what I call a context for my life, which was that I'm here to be creating a world of beauty, love, and inspiration. To me, that's, it's an invented context. I don't know if it's the right context or whatever, but it's something that I just declared for myself that was meaningful for me and where I felt the gifts and the interest and the passion that I had could um, bring me a joyful life but also have me serve others right. and help to Beautiful. uplift others through yeah. art. And so it really became, at some point, you know, I was doing things to create more beauty in my community and around around me, but still spending, you know, 60 hours plus a week uh, selling soft drinks that had nothing to do with creating a world of beauty, love, and inspiration. Mm-hmm. So I was starting to get to the point where, you know, if I'm not being true to who I am in the majority of where I spend my time, um Am I really fulfilling on my purpose? And would I be better served by having a life that was fully aligned with my purpose? So I started um, really exploring, you know, could I leave my job and do the painting full time? What would that look like? And Mm -hmm. I didn't do anything abrupt. I didn't just walk in one day and say, I quit and I'm going to be a full-time painter. I really did plan this out over a couple of years. Right. So I, you know, laid out some milestones that I wanted to achieve in my own painting, like getting into some juried shows and things like that, that would make me feel confident that I at least was somewhat on the right path. I laid out some, you know, personal financial goals to get some things in order so I would be, you know, better positioned to deal with the ups and downs of not knowing, uh, you know, what happens when you don't have a steady paycheck anymore. And, um... You know, I really kind of mapped that out and and was working in that direction probably for a couple of years. It was not an overnight snap decision. It was on a path moving towards that. So while one, uh, you know, one thing one thing was moving forward, one path was moving forward with the you know my job. Uh, on the side, I was building more and more experiences and uh, relationships with people and all for the painting path. And then, then at some point, I felt the opportunity to let one go and pick up the other. And I did put together like a little business plan for myself that, you know, how could I, you know, generate a living on the painting besides, you know, selling paintings, right. teaching. Um, I had taught a little bit, but with my time constraints, I really didn't have a great opportunity to teach. So teaching was one uh, other revenue stream in there, and then also licensing my artwork. So I had a kind of an initial plan of some things that I could do. But, um, you know, it was not an easy uh, decision. You could imagine, like, you've spent 20 years of your life in one direction, and now you're going to go to a whole new unknown area. 
Now, you hadn't met your husband at that time. Mm-hmm. Oh, you had? Yes, I had. Oh, okay. So you, it, so you had a partner at that time. Right. We were married at that time. He a, was a fourth grade teacher, and mm-hmm. he actually also had gone through a big career change from um, you know, owning a trucking business to leaving all that and pursuing his passion for working with kids. So before I even met him, he had gone through a similar change to pursue his passion. So he was fully supportive of me um, doing what I love and and being happy. Yeah. Oh, that's great that you both went through the same. And and he could offer you that support Mm -hmm. to make that transition. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. So... You made the transition, and was it a smooth transition, or were there surprises? Uh, well, there, there were definitely surprises. There's ups and downs along the, the way. In the initial you know, month or two, you're so elated that all of a sudden you've got this newfound freedom, but then after a while, you're kind of missing some of the things from, from work, and then uh-huh. you, you, you know, I go, went down some paths that, you know, looked like they might be opportunities, and then I realized I was kind of wasting my time there. So there's definitely some trial and error, and I'd say there were probably a few lessons that I learned along the way that might be helpful for others thinking about making a change and, and kind of what I think it takes yeah. to transition successfully from you know, one career to some, or one life to something totally different. And, I mean, I think the first thing that was really important was having a passion, like really something that I was excited about. Yes. Not that I was just leaving something, but that I was going to something that I was excited about. And mm-hmm. having this context, like kind of the big why, why am I doing this? I'm doing it to fulfill my purpose. If my purpose is to create more beauty, love, and inspiration in the world, this path is going to allow me to express that. Right. So you really need to have a, a, a big enough reason why and going to something, I think, rather than just escaping from something. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think that's important. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it does take a lot of courage to make a change like that when you're trying to um, create a new life, actually. It does. Um, I kind of liken it to, you know, that whack-a-mole game, you know, when the, the moles come up and you have to whack them and then another mole comes up. <laughs> you have fears that will bubble up in your brain, you yes. know, in your head. Uh, you know, you fear about money, fear about, well, what is it going to be like to work from my home and not be with other people, fear from what if it doesn't turn out. You know, all those fears that we have in our head, and the fears are going to be there. It's just kind of natural. But I would kind of tackle one at a time, and then, you know, another one would pop up, and then I'd have to go in and kind of look at that and say, how could I make that work? Um, You know, I would do budgets. At the end of the day, I finally came to, what if it doesn't work out? You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, what's the worst thing that happens if it doesn't work out? You know, it's like, I could always get a job somewhere like I could get a job at Target you're not I'm not going to be starving I'm not going to be out on the street you know I kind of get to the point of this is a big change but it's you know not an not a forever change it's a step in another direction and there's always more steps you can take always more new things you can invent so well I think kind of getting to the worst case possibility you know helps you 
see that you can make it. Yeah, I think sometimes we totally forget when we're making a transition to a new area that we have skills that we've created a lifetime building. Those Mm -hmm. skills go with us. If the change doesn't work, we still have those skills that will take us back to maybe the same area we were in, but we've certainly not lost those skills. Right, absolutely. Yeah, right. you've got to think of your your whole person and all you have to offer. And if you're truly following your passion, that is of value to people. It's just yeah. really finding the right combination and reaching the right people to um, be of service to them and have them value that back for you. Yeah. Well, I I know that that when you're following your passion, you're just happier, you're more magnetic, Mm. you draw people in so much easier to you than if you're frustrated and living in an unpleasant situation. So that Mm -hmm. almost attracts people to you. Yes, I would say that. That's right, because you're lit up. You're excited about what you're doing, and it's it's natural. It's, you know, as natural as breathing. I mean, that's that's who you are, and you're expressing that and sharing that with others. It's very enlivening, and people want to be around people that are, you know, excited about life. Yeah, happy, happy. Well, I, I know- have that quote. Do we have a moment for that yeah, quote? Yeah, please, yes. Um, great One of my favorite quotes, don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive, because what the world wants is more people who have come alive. Oh, I love that. Isn't that? So that's exactly what you're talking about. Once you're alive, that's what the world needs, people that are excited about life and sharing that. Right. Yeah. And who wrote that? Howard Thurman. Howard. I don't know Howard. But it, his words are very, very insightful. That's so true. People love to be around happy people and and spend fun time with happy people. So out of that, you created a book. You've created trips. You've created exciting things. Uh, and last year, I think, was when you created your book. But when we come back from our break, we're going to talk about all these things that you have and how you can get people to your website and and uh, so they can see the trip, so they can see how to get a copy of your book and tell us some other things that you have been doing as well. I'm going to share how we've interacted with one of my favorite things that you're doing, which is the bridal bouquet painting that I had the opportunity to share last year with my daughter's wedding. So it's a great ingenious idea of capturing a beautiful moment on canvas. So when we get back, Pat will share you share that information with you. So when we come back, as I said, we'll talk further with Pat and she'll she shared good information and she will share more. So stay tuned and we'll talk more with Pat Fiorilla. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break. It's Did you ever wonder about the origin of Murphy's Law? You know the maxim that if anything can go wrong, it will. 
Murphy's Law was named after Captain Edward A. Murphy, an engineer working at Edwards Air Force Base in 1949. Captain Murphy was working on a project designed to measure how much sudden deceleration a human could stand in a crash. After discovering a transducer constructed for the experiment was wired wrong, Murphy squabashed the technician responsible by exclaiming, If there's any way to do it wrong, you'll find it. In other words, circumvent mistakes and miscabobbles before they happen. Aerospace manufacturers began quoting Murphy's Law to their engineers, and soon it became an eponym. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can, with lessons in joyful living, with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi, Mondays at noon central. Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches lessons in joyful living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. We are talking today with Pat Fiorillo, and Pat is an artist, a teacher, and an author. So I'd like for us to start off this segment with you telling us about your book, which is a beautiful uh, display of art. Okay. Yeah. All right, great. Um, well, uh, a few years back, um, you know, I had been thinking about writing a book at some point, and, um, but it was one of those things that, you know, you'll do someday. And um, one day one of my friends came over, and she, I had just come back from one of my Italy trips and had all my photos and paintings, and she said, you know, you should write a book about Italy. And I thought, you know, I'm 53. What am I waiting for? Am I going to wait till I'm 80 to write this book? And so she kind of spurred me on to get into action around writing the book. And it actually, you know, came together pretty naturally because I, you know, after all these trips to Italy, I had images of over 80 mm-hmm. paintings that I'd done. Mm-hmm. And I really gathered them up and kind of weaved uh, different collections of different areas of Italy that I'd been to and really just wanted to share the beauty of of Italy with people and help them bring back fond memories if they'd been there or maybe inspire them to go to Italy or even if they could never go to Italy to actually just see the beauty of it through through the paintings. So Mm -hmm. the book is called Bella Italia, Italy Through the Eyes of an Artist. And it's a four-color hard hardcover uh, book, and it's available through my website patfiorello.com. And on the homepage, there's just a little uh, box to to click that says book, so you can go there and you can actually get a little preview of what's inside the book. You can look at that as well. 
But it was a fun project, and my all my grandparents were from Italy, so it really was special to me to kind of pay tribute to my my lineage. Mm. Yeah. Now, if I, I, the listeners want to go to your website, how do they find that, Pat? It's simply Pat. Fiorello.com, P-A-T-F-I-O-R-E-L-L-O.com. Uh, or if you Google me, you'll be, you know, easy to find me. And I believe that there might be a link on your um, Second Wind um, yeah. page. Oh, good. Now, one of the things, of course, that we've talked about through this program is are the trips that you're taking and this year you're taking a first time to Spain trip mm-hmm. but you do have one to Tuscany um, yeah. later in the year so tell us about that again okay well that's going to be um, in September September 24th to October 1st it's a beautiful time to be there uh, in the fall in Tuscany they actually do have a seasonal change so the vines uh, are turning colors, uh, the autumn colors. So um, it's just a, a really fun place, a place that I've been to many times before. And uh, we, are, we are very well taken care of there. They make meals for us. We go out paint. We go shopping, sightseeing, and just have fun. So that is in September. And um, if people are interested, they can also find out about that on my website. And um, there are still a few spots open. So uh, we'd welcome anybody who wants to come. Again, even if you haven't painted before or maybe you painted many years ago and want to get back into it, um, this is a perfect opportunity to go with a small group of people all interested in art. Well, do you have sort of like two or three hours that you paint a day or, or how yeah, do you Yeah, a typical day schedule? is we get up, they make breakfast for us, and mm-hmm. then we may go out and um, maybe go to a, a neighboring village, paint there a little bit, and then we'll come back and then maybe we'll go shopping or go get a little snack or lunch and there's a little time to relax in the afternoon, and then in the evening they make a dinner for us as well. So there's really nothing that you need to do except <laughs> be there and enjoy and, you know, paint. And it's very free form. I mean, I really yeah. um, honor that it's people's vacation time, so mm-hmm. whatever they want to do is fine with me. So there's nothing like you have to be here at a certain you know, time and you have to do this or that. I really, in the beginning, ask people what they want to get out of the week and try to, you know, tailor it to what they need as much as possible. Right. Okay, now we're fast approaching to one of my favorite things that you do that I was so excited about and so excited to be able to use this past year. Tell us about your your bridal bouquet paintings. Okay. Well, um, I've always loved painting flowers. That was actually one of the first things that I started painting. And um, I later learned, actually, after I was painting, that my name, Fiorello, uh, comes from the Latin, one who lives near a wall of flowers. And if oh. you saw my house, every wall has flowers on I like it. That. So it's, uh, you know, perfect for me, but I really love flowers. And in fact, I used to do some flower arranging and I took a, a three week floral design course here in Atlanta. And, um, so I, I loved painting the flowers and I had, um, both of my stepkids got married a few years ago and they got married like one month apart. So we were immersed in wedding stuff for a while and, um, at the, I had the idea to paint the bouquets for the girls for, you know, as a memento of the wedding. 
Yeah. So I had tucked that in the back of my head. And then when the day came, I met with the florist and I took tons of photos and I started painting them. And um, then I, you know, I just decided it would really be something that people would love to have because the flowers are so gorgeous. You spend a fortune on them too. I mean, they're so beautiful. But then, you know, by the end of the day, they're pretty much gone. And some people do um, preserve them or they put them in like a lucite box and freeze dry them and stuff. But it's really not the same as the beautiful colors and the softness and the lushness of the flowers. So by painting them, you can, you know, capture something that was really memorable of your wedding and have it in your home forever. You know, and then you have it as a beautiful piece of art in your house that you could enjoy. But, um, you know, it's, it's a memory of your wedding. I had one bride leave hers in, um, in her bedroom over her nightstand. And she said every morning when she wakes up, she thinks of her wedding mm-hmm. day. And every night before she goes to bed, she thinks of her wedding day. So um, I love um, giving gifts to people and having the perfect gift for people. That's just something I personally like to do in, in my own life. And uh, to help somebody else create a gift that's really special and meaningful for somebody that they love is, um, you know, just really joyful. It, it's really um, so much fun. I had a, a mom here this weekend that picked up a painting, and uh, her daughter's birthday is next weekend, and she's giving it to her daughter as a surprise. Her daughter just got married last July. and. Oh. Um, so, you know, we're plotting behind the scenes and getting the photos and, and putting the whole painting together, and she's just thrilled and excited to give it to her, and I'm, I'm sure the daughter will enjoy having that, you know, in, in all the homes and the rest of her life, she can carry that forward with her. Right. Well, you know, we had an October wedding. October? Mm. And when uh, Lauren's, my daughter's gift, was Christmas. So immediately, Pat, when she opened the present, the painting, she immediately walked over and put it on the wall. So you know that is an endorsement of how much she liked it. Wonderful, (laughs) wonderful. And it makes me feel good that I can help someone create a special moment in their relationship with someone else in their life, you know, to, right. you know, it, back to my context, bringing a world of beauty, love, and inspiration. What's more yeah. fitting than that? Right. Yeah, that's true. So I really encourage, if you're listening, you have a friend or you have a daughter or you are getting married or you have a special occasion, that you might think about this because it really is a wonderful way to capture the memories of a special day in your life. So you have one ex- one other thing that I want to tell them about because I think these are important. Um, you have a poster that has quotes on it. Like that awesome quote you gave us earlier. Yes. I I love, you know, I love inspiring people. I love being inspired. And sometimes you hear something just at the right time, and it really sticks with you and motivates you. And I put together a little uh, poster. It's free. You can download it from my website on the workshop page. Mm -hmm. And it's... um, 10 inspiring quotes for following your dreams and um, I've given it to many people over the years and they can just kind of keep it present in a place where they can look at it to remind them that they're on a journey and it takes courage and commitment and action to keep moving forward on your journey and it's easy to get discouraged or derailed so you know hopefully by having some motivating words uh, in front of you that can keep you going sometimes when the going gets tough. Oh, definitely. 
I think we all need those, you know, just to give us a little kick in the mm. end to keep us going because sometimes it's really hard when we have a difficult day. If we can yeah. hear that, see that positive word in front of us. I, my, my bathroom mirror is just covered with these things because they bring such inspiration and um, motivation to me. Yes, I, I I agree. I have one um, from Christopher Morley. There is only one success to be able to spend your life in your own way. And, you know, I think that's what we've been talking about all this past hour is, you know, follow your heart, follow your passion, follow your gifts, and you will have a, a life that is yours, that is truly yours, and, and that is having a successful and a beautiful mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable that we have lost or sometimes feel disconnected from the thought that we were actually born with a purpose and a reason to live and that it's waiting for us and that it's full and happy and full of joy and it's exciting to know that that's there, but many of us have a hard time finding it. It does take some inner work, and sometimes you need support to do it. It may not be something you can sit in a chair and figure out yourself. You may need to go through a process or some exercises or some guidance to help really look at what is important and maybe what's not so important and and get clear for yourself. Once you're clear, you can create then the path forward. Right, right. Well, Pat, you have been an awesome guest. I love visiting with you. I love you sharing how you transitioned your life and you're just living a dream. So I thank you very much for being with us today. Well, thank you, Joyce. I really enjoyed it. (laughs) Uh, Wasn't that fun? Pat is so exciting to, to visit with because she, she's living what I keep preaching is that transitions are just changing they they can go you can go from sadness into pure happiness and radiance so keeping that in mind is where we need support like second wind i love that you've come you've spent this time with us today and that you will be here next week as we continue to have awesome guests such as pat the fiorilla Uh, visit us and share how she created the life that was full of her passion and joy. So stay tuned. We will be back next week, and I look forward to having you with us. Support during their transition and are able to reclaim their true purpose and strength. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at 